Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. God's been doing an amazing thing in my life for the last few weeks. And it started off with an awesome testimony that I heard from a man called John Bevere. Who knows John Bevere? He's awesome, eh? So I heard this um, testimony online, and I'm just going to quickly share it with you. And it went something like this. So John Bevere, in his first four years of ministry, was suffering from, or he, was, he, was, he had this real big addiction in his life when he couldn't shake it. So he was four years into his ministry. This is the early 80s. And he's like, I've had enough of this. And he goes to see this great man of God, this international speaker. And this guy prays for him. You know, John Bevere opens up and then he gets this prayer from this, this international uh, person, the speaker, um, and nothing happens. Fast forward nine months, John Bevere goes on a four-day fast with a, what he calls a, a, a men's condominium, which is basically like a place where, you know, guys go, you know, together for, and to seek the Lord. And he received instant breakthrough from his addiction. And, you know, weeks after, he, he stopped and thought, well, God, why the first time when I received prayer, why did nothing happen? I went to this amazing minister, nothing happened. Why now? when I've just done this fast, why now am I receiving breakthrough? And God said to him and revealed to him that the first time when he was praying, when he went to see this man, it was all about John Bevere asking, God, set me free, bring me freedom in my life so it won't keep me from doing what you want me to do for you. Where the second time round, the prayer had changed into God I am hurting your heart. I'm hurting the heart of the one I love. Now, now think about it. The first prayer seems like a good prayer. God, help me get through this thing that I'm going through, this issue, this addiction, because I'm not able to do what you want me to do. But what he realized, and he says this in the testimony, is that his first prayer was self-focused. It was all about God, bring freedom to me, so me, me, me cannot be kept back from the ministry that I want to do. Help me to do what, you know, win the nations and all these things. And sometimes what happens is that we have these prayers that we have and they're all good prayers, but really what it comes down to is it's self-focused. With the second prayer, what had changed during the nine months, what had changed, it changed into, I want to know you more than anything else. I'm hurting the heart of the one I love. Can you see the difference here? Where one is relational, I'm sinning against you. Where the other one is, help me look good. Help me look good for you. And he recognized this and he was set free. Now, when I heard this um, message, when I heard this testimony, I was, I was very, very challenged because I've been a Christian for a long time and I don't think I have ever prayed a prayer like that. And I know that when we, when we come to Christ, there's a lot of things that we give up and we say, God, you know, I put you first. I put my relationship with you first. But I realized for the first time that 
all of these things that I've been acquiring in my, through my relationship with God, it was all these blessings and things and God, I'm gonna do this and you know, do that. And, and God says that in His Word. He says, ask nations and I will give you the nations. These are good things, but it should never come to the expense of your relationship with Him. Because if you think about it, what is your Christianity all about? Did you get saved to go and do, 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 do? Yes, that is a commandment. God says, go and make disciples. But if we base our life on these activities and those things aren't there one day, or maybe you go through a season of not feeling like you're being used by God, then what are you building your Christianity or your foundation on? Can you just be satisfied in a relationship and knowing God? See, I was almost looking at God as like this bless me club, this thing that I would go to and, and, and whenever I go through a rocky patch in life, I'll just go to God and I'll just get a band and I'll keep going. But really, I've got my own goal in mind. Yes, I wanna see, um, you know, I would love to see people get saved and I wanna see miracles. I wanna see all these good godly things. But really, God was just one of the blessings rather than the blessing. My relationship with Him was coming second, really, to everything else. It's like almost like you're just going for the free handout. It's like, God, yep, thank you, God. Cheers. See you later. And all it's doing is you're just trying to maintain a life that is gratifying you on the inside so you can feel good about yourself. Hello, like Pastor James would say. <laughs> so let's just, before we move on, I'm just going to, Pray. Let's just bow our heads. Father, thank you for our relationship with you. Father, we thank you that it is you that we are here. It's because of you. It's because we want to know you and we want to know you more. Father, we just ask, Lord, that this morning your presence. Your anointing will just rest on every heart this morning. Lord, just pray that all of our spiritual ears and eyes will be opened to wanting You more than anything else. I pray that the message here this morning will not pass over anybody. I pray, Lord, that if there's any restriction, any, uh, um, um, anything that's in the room that wants to stop um, this message reaching out to every heart, Father, I just break it right now in Jesus' Name. And I ask, Father, Your anointing, there will just be a free reign and this place for you to move here this morning. Because ultimately, God, we are saved because through Jesus and we are saved because we know that we can have a relationship with our Father. And that's what we want. In Jesus' Name, Amen. You know, as a, as a young Christian, I was, um, I was a part of a vibrant church and we had lots of great things happen. We had miracles, signs and wonders and all these things. And I just come out of the world. I was, um, and I was learning about all these things. It's like, you've got to lay down these things and, um, you know, um, basically uh, uh, lay the things down that were keeping you from following God's will for your life. And so all of a sudden, the prize in my life became <laughs> to be the one preaching from the pulpit. You know, to be the one that had the testimony, to be the one that had the blessing or that had all these kind of manifestations of God's goodness in my life. And what I was really doing, I was seeking the blessing rather than the blesser. And, you know, a few weeks ago when I listened to this testimony, I thought to myself, Flip, what have I been doing my whole life? 
What have I been chasing? Like I've really just never really thought that, hey, could me knowing God be the ultimate satisfaction in my life? If you take away, took away everything, what if you took away the possibility of you ever being able to preach to somebody? What if you took the possibility away of never being able to uh, uh, um, have that thing that, that you're so much looking forward to in your life, whether it be something that's a good godly goal or something else, or maybe it's something that is directly to do with your ministry. What if you took that away? Now, I'm not speaking against, I'm not saying anything to anybody, but could you just be satisfied? Just you and God, His presence on a rock in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that's pretty out there thinking, really. Think about it. When Adam was born, you know, God looked at Adam and He breathed life into him. And the first thing that Adam saw, he looked up and he saw God's eyes. He was in the presence of his Maker. He was right then and there. He had a relationship. He was, he was in awe of being with his Creator. This is before God told him to go and till the land or go and win the nations or any of those things. Way before that, before he even had a wife, he only had God. And that was his satisfaction. But today, we get into our nice car. That feels good. We get into our nice house. Oh, that feels good. We walk around in our nice clothes. That feels good. We go on our next holiday. Oh, that feels good. You look forward to your, your, your nest egg that maybe you're, you know, accumulating for your retirement one day. Ooh, that gives me some level of satisfaction. Knowing of what's gonna lie ahead. So we have all these distractions that filter in and what it really does is it stops us from focusing and realising, hey, am I getting my 100% satisfaction from my relationship with God alone or not? Now let's look at the word satisfaction. You might think, oh Freddie, why are you using this word satisfaction? Well, it is biblical. <laughs> the word satisfaction, it means, from the Hebrew word, it means to have enough, to fill to be full of, to have plenty of, to satisfy. Now, what does David say about this? Let's go to Psalm 63. I think that they might be out of order. That's my wrongdoing, but let's look at Psalm 63. It says, Oh God, you are my God. This is what David said. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land, where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Now look, I wanna make something clear. I'm not going against anything that we get to experience in life that, that brings us joy. Look, I've got three kids. They've given me a lot of joy. I am married. You know, the sun is shining today, or it was a few moments ago. This is New Zealand. But on the sixth day when God created, He said, you know what? He, looked, he stood back and He looked at what He had created and He said, it was good. So there's nothing wrong with looking at what you have and enjoying that. I'm not saying go home and throw everything away and you know, slack, slack cloth and ashes and go live on a rock. I'm, all I'm saying is that be careful where you're drawing your satisfaction from. 
David and desiring God knew that the greatest satisfaction was being in his presence. Moses, when leading the Israelites after being given a direct commandment, didn't take pleasure in that, but rather he said, I will go only if you go with us. Now get it, get this. Moses had just been received, had just received a direct commandment, you know, order, whatever you want to call it from God, saying, hey, Moses, Mo, go and take these Israelites and go. I'm a poet and you didn't know it. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. <laughs> so he goes and, and Moses could have just thought, hey, I, you know, I checked in with God, that's cool. You know, like God most high just gave him a commandment, like God might speak into your life and tell you to go and do something, go and help somebody, go and start a, a work over there or, or go and put money into that, um, you know, uh, uh, society or whatever it is. That could have just been enough for a lot of us. Like, right? It's like you do a religious duty on a Sunday and that's cool, they know, and the rest of the week I will see you again. But no, he said, God, I will only do this. I will only obey your commandments, only if you go with me. I will not delight in the commandments. I will not delight in what you're trying to tell me to do or what you want me to do for you. I will only delight doing it for you if you are with me. Because that is something that I prize more than anything. When you honour His presence, you honour His personality. Now think about it this way. I'll say that again. When you honour His presence, you honour His personality. It's like, think about somebody that you really want to meet. Maybe there's a celebrity that you're like, man, I wish I could have met that person. Maybe somebody that you respect, you know, Mother Teresa, I don't know. You know, think of all the names, all the people maybe. And just imagine yourself hey, you got a meeting with this person, you get to walk in and it's just you and this other person in the room, you're sitting down and you're just for a moment, you're just like, wow, I'm actually meeting this person that I really respect. How long do you think being in their presence, will you, are you gonna start asking them questions and delving a little bit deeper about this thing or that thing or just drawing something out of them because you really respect that the way that they've lived their lives and the way that they've done something or achieved something and you just want to know, give me some tips, give me some secrets. Tell me, what do you do? Like what's your morning routine like? So when you come into the presence of God, do you do that? Or is it just experience-based, that felt good? Great, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, all in the name of Jesus. Do you sit down and for that moment when the Holy Spirit and the presence is there in your quiet time, do you start to inquire of God and say, God, I've never asked you this, but what's your favourite colour? Tell me about how it felt when, you know, when Adam and Eve was in the garden and they sinned against you. What did that feel like? Your heart must have been broken. What was it like when David slew Goliath? Tell me about the times that you had with David. What was David like? See, if you honour his presence, you will honour his personality. And I think... That's one thing that stood out for me from John Bevere was sometimes we just stop and we just get enough to 
to keep doing what we want to, we want to do. And even though it could be for God, that is awesome. But what if we could just be satisfied with Him and His presence and have everything that we do for God come out of that rather than the other way around? And when I had this kind of moment with God, I was convicted. I was like, God, yes, I've put all these things in front of you. And I started just to lay them down. I said, God, nah. You know, I almost named everything. I said, God, I don't want to desire that. I don't want that to satisfy me. I want you to satisfy me more than all these other things. And I started to to name them. I said, God, you know, if I don't ever see a miracle, like that's not going to satisfy me. Seeing another person get healed, you know, it's like that's awesome for them, but that's not going to satisfy me. And I know you guys, some of you guys might be wigging out here this morning, but what's going to satisfy me is if I go home and I'm in my room alone and I'm calling on the name of the Lord and I'm saying, God, only you satisfy. I want your presence. I want to know you. I want to know Jesus. What was it like when Jesus was on the earth? You know, the Bible says in in 2 Peter, he said, when he went to the cross, he didn't say anything. He was quiet. He didn't say, well, you'll see. He just wait. I'm going to raise up from three days. He didn't say anything. He was just, I'm like, how many of us would be like kicking and screaming? I'm like, man, do you know what I mean? Do you guys getting this? It's like, God, show me your personality. I want to be like you. I want to be like Jesus. Matthew 7, to 23. I'm reading from the NASB this morning. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. So what prevents us from finding satisfaction in God alone? Let's look at some of the things that we should be and could be willing to give up for the glory of being with Him. Wrong teaching, perhaps. Maybe you've been taught wrong, like I have. Do, 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 do. Martha, 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 Martha. Right? We all know the analogy between Martha and Mary. Martha was in the kitchen. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, a religious mentality to Christianity thinks that being a producer for God is to have a meaningful and effectual existence. Now look, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for evangelists. I'm thankful for these people. Without them, a lot of people will not come to the knowledge of God. But when we go out and we evangelize to people, what do we tell them? We say, look, come to God. You can have a relationship with Him. Right? And then we get saved. It's like joining the army. Here's your gun. Here's your ammo. Go and do the same thing. But do you ever stop to think, wow, what does this relationship with God actually look like? And do I prize that more than anything else? So we have dreams, we have plans, godly goals. And it is easy when they aren't coming to fruition to become despondent and feel, where is God? Where's God in all of this? 
God, you said I was going to do this by the time I was this age. Da-da-da-da-da. You know, why am I not seeing all these wonderful things, you know? If you're not seeing the blessing in your life as much as you, or the promises that God talks about, where are they, God? I'm waiting, I'm here. I'm calling on your blessing. My bank account does not reflect the blessing of God. You know what I mean? You know, I've got this ache in my back or this pain in my body. God, you said you're the healer. Where are you? And so if our satisfaction is misplaced, it will be conditional rather than relational. I'll say that again. If your satisfaction is misplaced, it will be conditional rather than relational. If you look to the evidence of God in your life, you will not be satisfied. If you're looking for the next new thing that God wants to bring, you will not be satisfied. You can only be satisfied in His presence. Don't believe me? All right, let's go to another scripture. This one is not on the board. I found it only this morning. Sorry. You know what? Let's go there. Psalm, uh, Philippians 3, 7 to 8. We're just, I know the whole thing is up there, but let's, okay, there we go. Just the, just the first slide there. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Another scripture, Psalm 17, 13 to 5. It's not on there, but you can turn there if you like. Psalm 17, verse 13 to 5. This is also from the heart of David. Deliver my soul from men with your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion, listen to this, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. Do you put your portion in this life? Meaning, are you drawing from what you're getting in this life to satisfy you? And whose belly you fill with your treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave their abundance to their babes. These are all good things, right? Leaving an inheritance for your kids. As for me, I shall behold your face and righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. I love that bit. As for me, it's like saying, you know what? I'm not going to be like them. As for me in my house, right? As for me, I'm going to be contrary to what I've just said. I shall behold your face and righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. So what are some other things? Maybe you're looking forward to a promotion in your job. Maybe you're looking forward to your holiday. Like I said, all these things are good for. God wants us to believe and have faith. If your satisfaction is based on your circumstances, you will always be disappointed. Have you ever gone on a holiday and you so look forward to this holiday? Man, you're going to go to Fiji for a week. Man, you're going to kick back, get away from the New Zealand rain. Hop on the plane. Oh, it's exciting. Oh, there's a little bit of too much screaming here, actually. I'm sitting in an economy class. Maybe, oh man, I wish I could have afforded to go in first class, but it's okay. Hey, luckily, it's only a four-hour flight. Got three kids in the back screaming. 
ears are finding it very hard to adjust to the altitude. It's okay, I'm almost there. And you get there and you arrive and maybe the bus is two hours late to get you to your destination. I don't know, maybe your room has got the garden view and not the ocean view. (laughs) Or whatever it is. Maybe your holiday is just exactly as you imagined, but at some point it comes to an end and you hop back and you go home. Moment of time. Is that what your satisfaction is based on? That's good. Rest is good. Praise God. But everything comes to an end. Everything is circumstantial, but not relationship with Him. That's eternal. I know I'm hammering it deep here this morning. Is it going in? Yes, it is. All right. We need to come to the realisation that nothing, no earthly desire satisfies as He does and you will develop a hunger that will surpass any earthly counterfeit and a joy in His presence that will sustain you during the darkest of days. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. Make room for Him. You know, if you're full, you're full. There's nothing else that can... Be full of yourself, right? Don't be so full of yourself, mate. Empty yourself. Be full of God. <laughs> Whatever you hold on to in your soul, His Spirit can't take a hold of. Now that's a very important key. I'll read that again. Whatever you hold on to in your soul, His Spirit cannot take a hold of. If the first thing you do in the morning is grab your phone and Look at Facebook and Twitter and see who's liked your post. And you look for that little clock at the bottom with a little one or a two or a three on it, the notifications that tells you, oh, somebody's liked my post or whatever. We all do that sometimes. If that is in your soul, if that is the thing that you go to in the morning and you haven't given that to God, then His Spirit can't take a hold of that. Maybe we should lay certain things down so His Spirit can take its place and you can start to feed from that. Just one example. We have this thing called the menu of life. Have you ever been to a restaurant? A lot of us has. McDonald's. You get the menu there. Okay, I'll have a, I'll have a steak or okay, I'll have a bit of this. I'll have a slice, a slice of that, blah, 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 blah. And you're looking forward to this meal that's coming your way. And then you think whether you should leave a tip or not. But we don't, New Zealanders don't really tip, hey? But we get this thing in, in life called the menu of life. I'm going to have a bit of this. Yeah, tomorrow night is my favourite show. I'm going to have a bit of that. Yep, and then, oh, it's pretty much lunchtime. Oh, well, let's see what I feel like in the menu of life. Oh, I might go to Denny's. And oh, yeah, there's new movies coming out. Let's look at the menu of life. Yep, I look good for that day. I'm going to go there. And all these things, you just pile on and pile on and pile on. All these future expectations that distract you and never really satisfy Food, clothing, hobbies, sports, TV, etc. And I believe this is why God instructed us to fast. You know, so it reminds him that, hey, I'm still Lord in your life, aren't I? It's fast. It's fast, that thing that you so long to have. So what do you think we're going to do when we go to heaven? 
We're going to be with the angels and we're going to be singing, Holy, holy, holy is our Lord God Almighty. Father, thank You that I made it into heaven. Thank You, Lord, that for that. Now I don't have to struggle to get into Your presence. I am here. Your presence is saturated in heaven. I am so satisfied. Just like Paul said, you know, he got accounted all his loss. Another key is to be vulnerable and let go. You know, it's very vulnerable to let go of these safety net satisfactions, as I would call them, that we hold on to in our lives just in case God is not who He says He is. God, could I really give that up? You know, could I really... Will you come through, through for me? Is God really as good as He says? Can I really lay certain things down or certain pursuits? And it's not God saying, okay, you know what? You've got to lay all these things down and, 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 and shave your head and, and all that kind of thing. But are you able to, in your heart, just say, God, you know what? I put the second because I want to know you more intimately. I want to be in your presence more than anything else, more than anything in the world could offer. And we need to trust that God will catch you because sometimes we have these things in our lives and it's like, it's like almost like you hold on to that. That, that, that. That's a part of me. That's a part of my existence. That's a part of the way I think. That, that, that's a part of my nature. I don't even know what I could be like without that. He is the bread of life. You know, I'll tell you a quick story and then um, I'm going to come to a close. You know, I've, ever since I was 10 years old, I've always wanted to just to be a film director. And so through my teenage years, I was full of pride and thinking I'm going to be the next Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, you name it. And then I became a Christian and I, and I realized that becoming, a, wanting to be a director uh, was taking up a huge room in my heart because it was a pursuit that I wanted more than anything. And the real reason was because I wanted fame, I wanted acclaim, I wanted to, to validate my you know, existence, rejection, whatever you call it. And I remember being in a worship session. I was a young man at Bible school and I just, I just heard in my spirit. I said, Freddie, make movies for me. Make films for me. And up until that point, I wasn't really thinking about it or entertaining that notion because I thought, well, God, you're boring. You know, like that was my mentality because I came out of a religious mentality. I was like, well, God, you're not really real in my life. You're not really, uh, 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 you know, I haven't experienced God as intimately as I have today. And... But he said something and I, and, and I realised, yeah, God, I have come a long way and I am so much more in love with you. You are so much more real to me than ever before. I will be honoured to make films that glorify you. But as life progresses, like you don't see certain things come to pass. And, 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 and I think one of the reasons why, um, well, in my kind of film career, I've always been very hard on myself. And I think that a lot of people can relate with here this morning. It's like, we can be very hard on ourselves to attempt certain things in our lives because what if it's not as good as it could be? Or what if I make this thing or do this thing and I get rejected? And a lot of the times I was wanting to do certain projects, but I stayed clear from it because I, had, I was just afraid of being rejected. You know, making something and it's not going to be as good. And so... As I was seeking the Lord in the last week, I was just 
laying things down. I was just having a good old time with him in his presence. And I wasn't even praying about any of the stuff that I've just mentioned. But as I was leaving his presence, as I was going to get a cup of water, you know, at a great time with him, I just felt in my spirit God saying, Freddie, I like your movies. And that was the first time in my whole life that I heard God say, He likes my movies. Now, I haven't made any movies. I mean, I make a few kind of, I mean, I run a um, video production company and I make movies for them. And, but the ones that I like the most are the ones that I do with my kids, right? At the moment, I'm making this cool one with my kid who wakes up in the middle of the night and he goes to get snacks and he builds a fort and everything. And it's quite cool. Nobody's going to see it, but I like it. And, uh, but God said to me for the first time ever, He said, Freddie, I like your movies. I was like, God, I've never heard you say that. And maybe I've known it in here, maybe. I've hoped that it was true, but I've never heard it in here. And I tell you what, I felt so free. I was like, I can do no wrong. I can go make a movie about just an ant crawling up a hill and he'll say, I like that. I'm like, cool, let's make another one. And this whole perception of this feeling of, oh, I'm afraid of what man's gonna think, it's gone. And the point I'm making is that wasn't my sole focus going into pursuing God, wanting Him. But it's a blessing. It's a byproduct of being with Him. So what, I, what the point is what I want to make is that there's freedom. There's freedom. Known and unknown issues that are in your life, you can be set free of. And God can bring such validation and love to you. If you say, God, I will be satisfied in you and you alone. And there's unconditional, I just want you. I just want you. I'm not going to come here because secretly I want something, you know, in the world that the world can gratify. I just want you. Amen.